Welcome. I'm glad to see you here today. It's fall break. I'm glad to see anybody here today. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning, and we welcome each and every one of you. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheet. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take that and, and uh, fill, it, fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Also, go ahead and uh, get your phone and check in on social media today. Let everybody know you're here today. And a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, thank you to our men's Sunday school class. What a great breakfast this morning. You outdid yourself as always. So thank you for that. We appreciate that. Um, a few other things we have coming up. On Thursday of this of this week, our upperclassmen group will be having another outing. Um, we're going to kind of uh, do some things that we wanted to do earlier, but we ran out of time. And so we're going to go see a covered bridge and, and another church or two in the area in uh, southern Indiana. And, and then a mystery uh, lunch outing. And the reason it's a mystery lunch outing is because we don't know where we're going either. <laughs> but we'll figure it out, I promise you. So come Thursday, we'll be leaving the church about 9 o'clock in the morning, and, uh, and it'll be a great time, uh, I promise you. Hey, preacher? Yes. Sue Gray will not be driving to that event. <laughs> <laughs> she, she said, she said Sue Berry will not be driving to, to that event. If she... If, if she if she is, um, watch out, cows. Uh, that's an inside joke. Sue hit a cow the other night, so a big cow. Next Sunday, um, we're going to be having a potluck lunch after the worship service on Sunday. Our uh, security team uh, has invited us to do that. We're going to have a, a potluck lunch, and then we'll have a presentation by Bob Schultz, Schultz I think, Schultz, 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 Schultz. Um, he was uh, retired from the uh, Kentucky um, um, State Police, and he'll be doing pre a presentation on church security. And I know that's something we don't like to think about. We don't like to think about needing security in church. But you know, just yesterday in New Hampshire, there was a shooting at a wedding in a church. I mean, those are things that you just don't expect. And we don't expect that. We don't want that, of course. And, and we don't expect that it will happen. But we need to know what to do in case something like that happens. And, uh, and not only that, but also weather-related things. And, and there are a lot of different emergencies and security things that we need to be thinking about. So that will be next week, right after the worship service. Also, on October the 31st, which is Halloween, we're going to be having our fall festival here. We're going to take a little different uh, route on our, hall, on our fall festival and not doing it the way we, we usually do. We're not going to be having any chili. We're going to be having hot dogs and, um, and uh, chips and drinks and things like that and desserts. Uh, but then we're going to be doing a trunk, and, a trunk or treat. So everything's going to be held outside if the weather um, is good. We're going to be a, doing trunk or treat. And what that means is you're going to be standing at your car with your trunk lids open with candy in it. And you can decorate it if you want to. And um, 
and you'll pass out candy to the kids as they go from, from, from car to car. And uh, if you would like to participate in that, in uh, uh, being a station for Trunk or Treat, I think there's a sign-up sheet on the back uh, bulletin board here. We're also going to have a table for that representing the church where we'll be passing out candy and some information about our church. And, and we could use donations of candy or any wrapped treats, pencils, stickers, uh, things like that. Also toilet paper because we're going to be doing our, our mummy roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be doing that. Our mom, and, and, and if you want to donate any of that, there's a basket between the doors there. Please uh, just put it in the basket there. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to that, and that's going to be a great time. Let's stand and greet each other, and let's share the, the love of Christ with one another this morning. stand upon the promises that you have given to us. 
but we also recognize that we sometimes don't. And so please, God, forgive us for being asleep when you need us to be more active for the sake of your kingdom. You agonize over the world's hungry while we agonize over where to go to lunch after church. You weep with the soul of one who desperately needs a friend while we wonder who to invite to dinner. God, forgive us for neglecting your children and not risking our security and our comfort for their needs. Forgive us for not sticking our necks out in the least bit for the sake of others because it's not convenient for us. It requires too much effort and it does nothing to advance our own reputation or situation. And it's not like we don't know better. We do. We know the teachings of your son, Jesus. We know the needs of our world. And we know ourselves. So God, forgive us for not transforming what we have been taught into what we do. Amen.
children, if you could come down for our children's moment. Come on, there we go. Man. You know what today is? What? You know what else it is? Your last day of fall break. (laughs) All all the parents said amen. All right, we're going to talk about faith today. What is faith? You know what faith? Tell me. According to this little thing I hear, faith is seeing light with your heart when all your eyes see is darkness. (laughs) And what was faith like? There you go. And the Lord took care of you. Amen. Uh, so in the Bible, can you, can you think of some people who showed a lot of faith? Okay. What about David when he went up against Goliath? There was no way David was going to be Goliath. But he had faith. What about Noah? The Lord told him to build an ark. Why? It's dry. It's not raining. And there's no way it can rain that much. But that's what he told him to do. And it says in Luke, I have a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. That's what I'm going to talk about. It says a mustard seed, if it asks a mountain to move, the mountain will move. So the problem there is not about faith. It's about using your faith. We all have, I'm sure we all have faith. Sometimes we think it's tested. But God's plan always, always comes through. And there's, I have faith that one day I'm going to see every one of these faces again someplace else. I just say a little prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come to you with faith. Faith that you will provide for all our needs. Not necessarily our wants, but our needs. You will get us through the good times and the bad times. You will heal the sick. But Father, sometimes we get too comfortable in our faith. Like Brother Tim said earlier, we're worried about where we go out to eat later instead of helping feed somebody who doesn't have food. That's when your faith works. When something like that makes you uncomfortable, that's your faith working. So now we just need to follow through on that. We thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you that fall finally got here. Bless us through the rest of our days, Father. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, as we gather in your house this morning, give us good moments together. As we worship together this morning, may we each of us feel a very keen sense of your presence. As we worship, challenge us to go forth from these doors and be instruments of your love, your grace to our community, our nation, and our world. Lord, you've taught us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Give us the grace to be cheerful givers, not only of our resources, but of our time and our talents. We ask your blessing on every gift and every effort made as we seek to be your light and your voice to those all around us. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. this morning from comes from the book of Luke chapter 17 verses 5 through 10 
the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slaves, who has come in from plowing and tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you are ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, 
neat song. Thank you, choir. I've never heard that one before. That's, I like it a lot. You know, we Christian people, we're kind of funny people, aren't we? Um, we're always looking for signs in places where there just aren't any. <laughs> in, in one of his books, Chuck Swindle talks about a lady who desperately wanted to go on a tour of Israel. She wanted to visit the Holy Land, go on a tour of Israel, but she wanted a sign to confirm that it was God's will for her to go to Israel. And, and, and the morning after she began planning this trip, she woke up in the morning at exactly 7.47 in the morning, and the tour group that was supposed to fly to Israel were going to fly over on a 747 jet. So that was her sign that confirmed that God wanted her to go on that trip. Now the young man needed to buy a car. But he wanted to make sure that whatever car he bought was in God's will for him. And one night he had a dream in which everything that he saw was yellow. And so the next day he went to the car dealership and bought the yellowest car that he could find. And true to form, it was a lemon. (laughs) 
And then there was the deacon who wanted to become a pastor, but he didn't want to spend all those years studying at a seminary. And so he, he wondered, would, would God approve of him buying one of those fake seminary degrees from the online degree mill? Well, the deacon concluded that this was indeed God's will for him after he read 1 Timothy 3.13 from the King James Version of the Bible, which says, For for they who have used the office of deacon will purchase to themselves a good degree. (laughs) We are weird people, aren't we? These well-meaning Christians looking for signs behind every rock remind me of Jesus' disciples asking for more faith in our lesson for today. I mean, think about it. This is in chapter 17 that our passage is from today. But back in Luke chapter 9... Jesus had already given the disciples the power and the authority to heal and to cast out demons. And you would think that that would be enough, wouldn't you? And they were with Jesus every day. They saw miracles every day that would make their hearts stop. And, and, and yet, what did they ask for? They still wanted more faith. What more could Jesus possibly give them? And the answer is that he doesn't give them anything more. Notice how Jesus answers their request for more faith. He said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, and that's tiny. i got some in my office if you want to see some. As tiny as a mustard seed. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. My friends, I believe that what he is saying to them And to us, is that your problem isn't really a lack of faith. Because it doesn't really take a whole lot of faith to do some pretty remarkable things. What it takes is commitment. What it takes is determination and persistence and a will to see it through to the end. That's what we need. Back in the late 1940s, there was a football player at Ohio State University. His name was George Bucky Wirtz. Wirtz was a a walk-on linebacker who stood only about five feet six inches tall. And when he showed up for the first practice, the coach looked at him and just kind of chuckled. He was a little bit shocked. I mean, Bucky was, he's just too small to play linebacker. They'd kill him. And so at the end of the first practice, the coach called Bucky over and told him that he couldn't play. He was cut from the team. But the next day, Bucky showed up in uniform. And the coach called him over and told him, I I thought I told you that you were cut from the team. You're too small. These guys are going to kill you. And so with a firm and, and committed voice, Bucky said, Coach, with all due respect, you nor anybody else can prevent me from playing football for my team, for my school. But needless to say, that shocked the coach a little bit, but he liked Bucky's attitude and decided to let him stay on the team. And Bucky turned out to be the best tackler in the whole team. 
He was fast as lightning. He was sure on his feet. He would burst through the line and hit the ball carrier before he could even get started. And yet still the, the coaches agreed that he was too small. They didn't want him to get hurt. But then in the third game of the season, after the game was already in the bag, you know, the scores kind of running up and they're putting in the second stringers and the third stringers in there. The coach sent Bucky in and made every tackle for the rest of the game. Every tackle for the rest of the game. And then after that, he started every game for the rest of the season. And he led the team in, in tackling. The next season, Bucky had a growth spurt. He was all the way, all, all the way up to six, uh, five foot eight now. <laughs> he was weighing in at a whopping 168 pounds. And again, he led the team in tackles. And every season after that. And then on January the 1st, 1950, Ohio State played USC in the Rose Bowl for the championship. And USC had this all-American fullback weighing in at 240 pounds up against Bucky's 168. He was the finest running back in 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 the nation. And Bucky was assigned to cover this fullback. And guess what? That fullback never even made a yard in carries. Bucky hit him behind the line of scrimmage every single time he had the ball. And Ohio State won that game in a shocking upset. My friends, a little faith and a lot of hard work made Bucky Works a champion. So the problem Jesus was saying to his disciples is not that you have too little faith. The problem is that you're not applying the faith that you have. And then Jesus tells them this strange little parable. He says, suppose one of you has a servant who's been plowing in the field or looking after the sheep. When that servant, servant comes in from work, would you say to the servant, come along now, sit down and eat? Not likely. You probably say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait, for, wait on me while I eat and drink, and then after I'm finished, you can have your supper. And then after dinner, would you thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? And then Jesus adds these interesting words. So you also, when you have done everything that you were told to do, should say, we are worthless servants. We've only done our duty. We don't want to hear that, do we? Our modern ears don't like to hear a teaching like that. That parable is so out of step with our times that it requires a a bit of interpretation. But the fact is that Jesus lived in a world where slavery was a fact of life. And in this world... If the master of the house saw a servant in the field, he would not say to that servant, come on in and get cleaned up while I fix you some dinner. No, that's not going to happen. That would never happen. But he would say something like, when you finish your work, you come in and fix my dinner. And then after the master had eaten his meal, he he certainly would not have gone out of his way to, to thank the servant, nor would the servant expect to be thanked. Because after all, he was simply doing what he was supposed to do. Now, you and I would probably not fare very well in a, cor- in a culture like this, would we? 
because we like to be appreciated for our work. Don't we? We all do. We like to be appreciated for our work. We like to be patted on our back from time to time or, and rewarded. So we would not like to be a faceless servant like the one in this parable. You're familiar with Anthony Hopkins, a famous actor. Apparently he spent some time one time with a professional butler in preparation for a role that he had in a movie. And this butler measured his success by how well he could be of service while not drawing attention to himself. The real test of a butler's excellence, he said, is that the room seems emptier when he's in it. But that's a concept that's totally alien to most of us, isn't it? We don't want to disappear into the woodwork. Most of us like people to recognize us when we've done a good job and, and say, well done, or even on occasion give us extravagant praise. And, and in fact, there was an article in a magazine not too long ago that, about the challenge that many companies are having these days, giving their younger employees constant positive reinforcement. And they have to do that to get the work out of it. It seems that because of the high self-esteem movement that was so popular in our society, that many of today's young adults have gotten, uh, uh, have gotten that at home and at school from the very day that they were born. You're the greatest. You know, we tell them that when they're from the very beginning. You're the greatest. There's never been anybody like you before. And because of that, it's getting hard for people in our society to imagine doing anything simply and solely because you're supposed to do it. Because it's our duty. Is that Jesus' words in a more contemporary setting? We might, we might imagine paying our light bill. How many of you pay your light bill? Good for you. When you send a check off to pay your light bill, you don't expect to get a letter back from the president of the power company saying, Well done, you paid your light bill. Keep up the good work. We're so proud of you. No. We pay the light bill because we're supposed to pay the light bill. It's our responsibility to pay the light bill, particularly if you don't want your lights turned off. And in the same way, says Jesus, when we serve God, we're only doing our duty. We don't deserve any special reward. And neither do we need any special gifts to carry out our work. We don't need any special spiritual insights. We don't even need an abundance of faith. What we need is to just show up and be willing to do our part. Pastor Douglas Meyer tells about a telephone call that he received from a teenager in his church one day. and She called to, to tell him that she wanted to do something to help people. She wanted to, to volunteer. She wanted to do something to help people, but she wasn't sure what she wanted to do. And she wanted him to help her find something that she could do to help people. But, she said... She could only help on Saturdays between 2 and 5 because she had sports and studies and a busy social schedule. And she didn't really want to do anything outside with buds. 
<laughs> but her mother said to be sure that, that it was with that it was with people because that looks good on your college resume. And she liked the idea of working with the hungry, but she really didn't want to cook anything, and she certainly didn't want to do dishes. But helping people was something that she really wanted to do. And unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that that's how too many people want to serve the Lord. When it's convenient. When it's within their area of expertise. When they can receive recognition and appreciation for what they've done. And the concept of servanthood for the sake of servanthood is really an alien concept concept for many people today. The disciples thought their problem was that they lacked faith. But Jesus told them that that was not the problem at all. The problem was a lack of commitment. Dr. Isaac Watts put our situation in a hymn a couple of centuries ago. Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? Are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this vile world a friend to grace to help me on to God? Sure, I must fight if I would reign. Increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil. I'll endure the pain, supported by thy word. I wonder if those sentiments are lost on us today. Are we too affluent? Are we too pampered? Are we too comfortable to hear and to appreciate the words of Jesus' gospel? I wonder. Father John Deere tells about a friend of his who died several years ago from cancer. And Father Deere says that she was a, a very lively, outgoing person who worked in two large parishes on Long Island. She was very involved in, in so many good causes. And just before she died, she said to him, John, I have figured out the meaning of life. And John said, really? And she said, yes. And here it is. When you are a child and a teenager, you serve. When you are in your 20s and begin life and starting a family, you serve. When you are in your 30s and 40s, you serve. When you are middle age, you serve. When you are in your 60s and 70s and starting to retire, you serve. When you move into your 80s and start to slow down, you serve. And when you get sick, you serve. And when you're dying, you serve. And on your last day, as you take your final breath, you serve. What a spirit. And folks, I want to tell you that there's a lot of truth to that. For you see, you do find meaning in life when you serve. 
You serve without fuss and sometimes with very little recognition and not a lot of glory. It's only when, when you pass over to the other side to be received into the arms of Jesus that you hear those ultimate words of commendation. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and share my joy. And we do this because that's who we are. We're servants. We serve because of the one who served us first. Folks, we're not seeking to work our way into heaven. That's already been taken care of because of what Christ has done on the cross. But we need to remember that our salvation came about because the Lord of all the universe was willing to take on the role of a servant. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is the beautiful hymn written down by Paul in Philippians 2, where he said, Let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to hang on to, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. And now God calls on us to do the same thing. Be a servant. Let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Not because it's going to look good on your resume. Not because we will be praised for it, but because that's who we are. We are followers of the one who became a servant for us so that we might be sons and daughters of of the Most High. That's who we are. We are servants of the Lord. But unfortunately, that concept of servanthood is lost on so many people today. The lookout for number one attitude has taken something important out of our character. And sometimes that crisis is felt even in the church, where there's a job that needs to be done and nobody can be found to do it. Christine asked me a minute ago after I did the announcements, did you announce that about taking your name off the deacon list? I said, after this sermon, they're going to be adding it back on. <laughs> the disciples asked Jesus for more faith. There's no record that Jesus ever gave them any more faith. Because you see, they didn't really need any more faith. What they needed was to simply show up. To do their duty. He would give them what they needed. But first they needed to show up. They needed to say along with the prophet Isaiah, Here I am, Lord. It's in me. Is that your attitude today? I hope it is. And I gotta say, I am so proud that this church is filled with servants. I'm proud of you because you go above and beyond the, the the call of duty so often, and we're known in this whole town and region for the services that we provide. So thank you for that attitude. Whatever it takes, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, Lord. Any way that I can be of service to you, Lord, I'm willing. That's 
what God wants. Not great faith, but great willingness. Hear my Lord. Send me. Amen. Closing hymn, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." You know, it is sweet to trust in Jesus, but it ain't easy, (laughs) is it? It's not easy to trust in Jesus because we'd rather trust in ourselves. And we may not feel like we have the faith to trust in Jesus the way we feel like we should. But you don't need a whole lot of faith. You just need to step out and do something. So let's trust in Jesus. And let's do what God wants us to do. Let us be willing to put ourselves out there. And to serve. In the name of God's kingdom.